Welcome to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach, and coming up on the program, we'll look back on A&M's uneven showing, to say the least. Saturday against Louisiana Lafayette, a game in which the Aggies found themselves trailing 21-14, down by seven points at the halftime break against Ulala before ripping off 31. Yeah, halftime adjustments worked. Had a guy flip off his friends in the stands, and that was a little bit of a controversy, a player. He did not return to that game, but once A&M came back to the locker room, from the locker room, they scored 31 unanswered in the second half and rolled to a 45-21 victory. It was a coming-out party for true freshman Kellen Mond. He had been really struggled at the Rose Bowl against UCLA, very uneven in the game against Nickel State. Should have been better considering the level of competition out of the FCS. Came out and made a statement and turned a lot of heads. He looked good. 301 passing yards and four total touchdowns. It's the second true the second freshman of any kind ever at A&M for, to have a 300-yard passing game, the other one being Johnny, who did it several times during that Heisman run in 2012. The defense forced five turnovers in the win and pitched a shutout in the second half. We'll discuss all of that and more and look ahead to a battle in Arlington with the Arkansas Razorbacks this Saturday in the SEC opener. We'll be joined on uh, through the hour by Texas columnist Olin Buchanan, ESPN and SEC Network host and reporter Laura Rutledge, and a Texas contributor, former Bryant-era quarterback and longtime coach Jimmy Wright. All of that and more coming your way next, and we'll start with a conversation looking back on ooh-la-la with Olin Buchanan next on the Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. goodness, I am tired of being known only as the guy who turns into a werewolf at the full moon. There's more to me than that. Just like Geico. Sure, they could save you money, but Geico also has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. So you know people love them. And yeah, I become a man-beast once a month, but I become the world's greatest crepe chef every single Saturday morning. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Hey, it's Larry. Thanks for calling, but I'm buried in books at the library right now trying to figure out what all these hidden fees are on my mobile bill. State fees, federal fees, administrative fees, NTS surcharge? What the heck is an NTS surcharge? If you know, could you please leave a message? Well, do I need a switch? Getting buried in hidden fees? Switch to Boost Mobile, where your taxes and fees are now included on all plans. Plus, get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE per line for just $50, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. With Metro PCS, you'll spend $5 more and only get two gigs. Sorry, Metro PCS. Switch happens. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 11 17 Primary line is $50 with second line $0 per month. The total sales price includes the charge for services, taxes, and fees. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited talk, text, and data. Once high-speed data, alarm and read. Speeds reduced to 2G speeds until next line cycle. Comparison based on Metro PCS's two lines for $55 per month. Two gigabyte plan as of 821.17. For additional details, visit their website. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Hi, Gabe Bach here from Texags Radio. And if you're not currently a premium or varsity level subscriber to Texags.com, what are you waiting for? Texags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or insight on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like Texags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's Texags.com. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. It's the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's look back on the 45-21 win over Louisiana Lafayette. A little of what went right and a little of what went wrong with our columnist Olin Buchanan joining me in studio. Very interesting football game Saturday at Kyle Field. a struggled to get much going at all in the first half, especially offensively. Uh, they ran for minus 22 yards against the number 129 run defense in college football in the first half. They found themselves down OB at the half. But then what happened? After uh, the break, looked like a completely different team. Scored 31 second-half points, pitched a shutout on defense, and forced a total of five turnovers in the game. What was your big takeaway? Uh, my big takeaway was that uh, there's more to be concerned about with the offensive line than to be encouraged anywhere else. And, uh, you know, I yeah. guess I'm I'm the rain on the proverbial parade. But, uh, well, that's a huge problem. But the fact of the matter is that that big second half was what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to dominate a team like that that had – look, you, got, you scored as many points as southeast Louisiana did against them. And 21 uh, fewer points than Tulsa, right? Right. So, uh, and a big part of it was because not until the second half could you establish a running game. I mean, there they were having so much trouble with the running game that they were looking at a, what was it, third and one at the eight-yard line, and they threw a fade route. And when that didn't work, they tried a fake field goal instead of thinking, hey, can we run for one yard or right. two plays? So, so that that's where I'm concerned about. I guess they did find out once and for all – that Eric McCoy needs to play center. Yes. Maybe not necessarily just because he's a good at center because there's nobody else apparently that can play it as well as he does. Well, they tried two other ones in the game. When right. you play three centers, you got a problem on the offensive line. Now, now the other part, of it, though, is I'll say, look, there are some things to be really encouraged by. Kellen Mond threw the ball well. He threw a very accurate football on Saturday. Look at those deep balls. That, that pass to, to – uh, Ratley? Damian Ratley was on the money. Yeah. Uh, that pass in the end zone to Osmond was on the money. He threw a nice crossing route early to Aaron Hansford to get going, and the couple of passes he was able to connect with Kirk on were really nice. That fade in the end zone, and he threw another, I think, out route to corner route or something to Kirk, and that was really nice in the middle of the field. And we've said before, 50, you know, before this, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we said, you know, he shows flashes of what of that enormous potential, and he yeah, just showed he more did. of it. Uh, against Louisiana Lafayette. And, uh, you know, the run defense was, was good, and, and I thought Miles Jones had a strong game, mm-hmm. and he's going to get better every game as a freshman corner. Now, you, you made this comment earlier. This is what you're supposed to do against this team. Was that more of a common piece of commentary on the offense scoring 31 in the second half or the defense sh- shutting them out in the second half? Because I'll tell you what. I came away very encouraged defensively in this game, especially in the second half. And then when you consider that two of their three touchdowns in the first half were gift-wrapped by A&M turnovers, uh, one true full-fledged drive for a touchdown, and I, I was encouraged. I mean, another a third straight opponent under 100 yards rushing, and this team can run the ball. We know that Lafayette can score points and move the ball, and this Lafayette team had 82 yards in the second half and turned it over three times. Yeah, uh, that was more about the offensive showing. Yeah. I, uh, now, should you go out and play a strong game against Louisiana Lafayette defensively? Yeah, I think you should. Mm-hmm. But you also understand that that you know that, that's a team that has proven that it can put points on the board. Uh, right. Is Tulsa great? No, but they still scored 44 against them, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So that was a team that has some offensive um, – uh, Possibilities, offensive potential. You know that they can do. They can do some things. And I thought they and him overall, the defense played pretty well, like you said, especially against the run. And they did some better things against the pass. Understanding that Louisiana Lafayette's good enough that they're going to make some plays. Right. But overall, yeah, I, I came away thinking, you know, the defense played played a solid game. And but the the offense was really good in the second half. But that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be good, dominate a team like that, especially one that's you know, not been able to, to, to do a lot uh, to stop anybody else. And if the, if the issue with running the football was because you needed to put um, Eric McCoy in at center so he could identify who's supposed to block people and get the right guys, the right blocking assignments made, and you couldn't just line up and, and, and block, again, Louisiana Lafayette anyway, well then – I don't see how there's any question then that 
Eric McCoy's your center moving forward from, from for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, I came away thinking that some of these young offensive linemen are going to start playing more. In the series, I went back and watched the game. In the series, were the not all freshmen. They had they had five freshmen out there on the offensive line at one point in the second in the they first did. half when they threw the long pass to Osmond and then the next drive it was all freshmen. McCoy was even off the field. Then Turner probably in a panic. It was a panic disaster on the offensive line in the first half. So much so that the offensive line coach pulled all five starters out in a tie game and put in all five freshmen, four true freshmen and a redshirt freshman, if I'm not mistaken. But then when he put McCoy back in, and then they sprinkled in Dan Moore at left tackle. They sprinkled in Carson Green at right tackle, moved Hawker to both guards and tried to figure some stuff out. McCollum was in there too with McCoy. Uh, I think you're going to start seeing some of these young guys because they were more productive than the older guys. Well, now Kevin Sumlin will tell you because he, he did in the in the post game that the bringing the five freshmen in on the line in the second quarter was by design that they had planned to do that anyway. And and then he pointed to well uh, to how they had played so many freshmen and substituted so liberally with freshmen everywhere else on the field as as proof. And that may indeed be the case. I'll take him at his word. But however, I will say. It, it actually appeared that they made that move because of the unproduction uh, of that offensive line. Understanding Connor Lanfear wasn't playing, mm-hmm. and he's probably your second-best offensive lineman. But still, against, uh, against that defense, you expect, even with a couple of backups in there, you expect to, to be able to run a whole lot more successfully than what they were, what they have about. 14 yards rushing at halftime, something. Uh, then when you count the snap, total net yards was minus 22. But, yeah, yeah Bussy had 14 yards. Yeah, I, yeah. when you take uh, – yeah, Bussy did. So, um, And then Prater tried center, so he's played all five positions. He airmails one 30 yards back over Mon's yeah, head. So, yeah. I'm not sure about Prater. I think he's on the – not the – you know, the cut list in terms of who's starting and who's not right now. I think it's McCoy, and then I have no idea who's well, I starting. Think but I would want to see Dan Moore. I, I really think if Lanfear's healthy, you're going to start Lanfear. Yeah, I agree. And I guess Sutherland's been okay most time. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'd just be real curious to see where they go uh, with the other two spots uh, this week against Arkansas. We'll have more with Olin Buchanan and ask this question. What do we know that we know about Aggie football 2017 through three games? We'll do that next on the Texas Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you. What do we know that we know about Aggie football 2017 through three games? We're back to answer that question with our columnist, Olin Buchanan, in studio. What do you know you know about Aggie football? Unfortunately, what the things that I feel like that I know that I know are, are somewhat negative. Yeah. I feel like I know that the offensive line play is uh, challenged. <laughs> That's putting it lightly. So I know that uh, yes. because because uh, they could not run the football in the second half against uh, uh, UCLA, and they couldn't run it in the first half against the worst or one of the worst run defenses in the country. So um, you know, so I, if you can't run against for a whole half against both of those teams, that, that and the. The, the finger was at UCLA was pointed on. Well, UCLA changed their defense in the second half, and A and M couldn't, you know, c- couldn't respond. Right? Do you know that you know that there's no short-term fix in sight for this O line, or do you think that there might be a fix somewhere in there? Be it playing some of the young guys, which you got to deal with the bad with the good there, or a healthy land fear is well, that going to help fix? I, the well, first problem? of all, I I believe that not any time, but almost ever, not any percent of the time if you're going to have to send a, a true freshman out to play offensive line there's going to be you're going to be in somewhat trouble yeah and I think that's been proven here um yeah for uh, every Luke Jokel there's a Prater f- f- there's there's a, a Prater there's a Keaton Sutherland right there, you know there's there's more there's more good stories that I mean more uh I, I don't want to call it bad stories more me- mediocrity than there are uh guys who excel 
And, and that that's to be expected. You know, yeah. now, now every now and then you get a jokel. You'll get a guy like Andre Smith who started at Alabama, you know, right away. Or, sure. or I think Cam. He uh, did. Robinson. Robinson. So you have that. But typically, I think if you're having to start an off- a, a, a true freshman in the offensive line, you have to uh, anticipate some some problems. I know that I know that the running backs are damn good, and they're deep there, and I, I know that I know that they need to be a feature part of this offense. And then with Kellen Mond, if you unleash him and allow him to be who he is, it should make them even stronger. And now he's got at least the threat of a pass, at least the threat of the pass coming on. He's shown that on tape now. So he did. I was the very, running backs need to be a huge I, I part. I think the running backs uh, are good and deep. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, a position of strength. I, I feel good about Kellen Mond moving forward. However – uh, I'm pumping the tapping the brakes on him because look, you should play well against Louisiana Lafayette. I don't. I, I'm not. I am not going to allow myself to overreact to what I saw against a, an overmatched opponent. Oh, I agree. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't overreacting. So, so I saw some good things from right. him, but are you going to be able to do the same good things when you're playing tougher competition? Right. And I don't know yet. Yeah, and another reason why you need to feature that running game. All right, you got to feature two backs probably. That two back really worked for them, okay? And I know they're really good there. I know that I know Mon's got a bunch of talent, but he he's also a freshman. But I also know that you need to roll with him at this point. What I learned last week is that you got to roll with Mon right now. Take the good with the bad and roll with the freshman in the name of QB development. He showed me enough that I know you got to roll with him for Arkansas. Well, if if he has taken a step back and he's playing poorly, and you're uh, let's just say for argument's sakes, you're down ten to fourteen in the fourth or in the third quarter. Let's say midway through the third quarter, and and he's struggling. Are you going to go with him no matter what? No, I know that he needs to be your starting pitcher. Okay, makes sense. I don't have a problem with that. Bring Jake in as your reliever. That's fine with me. Uh, and he needs to be okay with that. And it looked like he did because, look, he got benched against an FCS team and came right back and threw a dart to Hansford. Then he gave up a pit, uh, an interception and then threw a touchdown pass to Osmond. So yeah. it looks like he doesn't allow the lows to get too low for well, him. Well, you, you would hope that he is a, uh, a level-headed kid. even uh, and, and a lot of times that's not the case with, with high school hot shots coming in as freshmen. Yeah. And they just assume they're going to be great. And you hope he's a level-headed kid that can understand it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a freshman. I have my ups and downs. And sometimes it's better to take you out for the if you're not getting it done for the team. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe he is that guy. I don't know enough about him. But I am – I'll say it again. I was encouraged, very encouraged by what I saw. He, he made uh, – even against Louisiana Lafayette, he made enormous strides from one week to, to the next. And, uh, and, and that's what you want to see from a, a freshman is continued improvement. He made some significant improvement. Now he's going to have to start doing it week in and week out against better competition. I know that I know Christian Kirk needs more touches than he's getting. What, he had three catches the other day? Yeah. I don't think any carries. He had uh, six catches the previous two weeks and probably a total of one or two carries. A guy needs 10 plus. You've got to find a way in a game, especially a tight one, where he's going to be on the field for four quarters Christian needs to touch the ball minimum of ten times. Ten times. Yeah, and he's in his career he's done very well against Arkansas. Yeah. Um yeah, the the problem there is you know, can you? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody across the street knows that you got one of the most explosive players in the country that can do some amazing things. You want the ball in his hands as often as possible. The trick is how do you get it into his hands? How about defensively? What do you know you know defensively right now? <sighs> I don't know that I know anything. <laughs> I feel really good about the run defense, that it's going to actually be uh, effective throughout the year because uh, I, like I like what I've seen at linebacker and I like the tackles. So I, I feel that's going to be the case. However, you know, AM was playing better run defense last year until Miles got hurt and then everything started falling apart and some linebackers started getting exposed. Um, you know, I, I I guess I know that Armani Watts is a big is a big play type of player on defense. Yep. I guess I know that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I feel like I know Miles Jones has a ton of talent, and great ability, and potential. But I also know, and I've said it, you know, over and over, that if you're going to start a freshman at corner, you just have to live with uh, the the big plays as well as as the good plays. 
Yeah, you know that you're going to have to take your lumps with the youth movement in there, especially with no Wilson and all those freshmen playing. And what Tucker showed on Saturday, he might be another guy that starts at safety. You may, you may have three true freshman starters in the secondary with Armani Watts. We talked about that about what about a week or so ago, right yeah. after Donovan got hurt, is that the potential was there, especially, uh, you know, the Renfro kid looks okay to me. He looks good. He's physical. Uh, you he know, gets after receivers at the line of scrimmage. But again, you're going to have ups and downs with him. But yeah. I, I, between him and, and and Jones, I think the uh, the corner position maybe not this year, but it's going to be a a team strength in a year or two. Right now, you're gonna you're gonna have some days where you're gonna go. Wow, man, that, those guys are really good. And then you're yeah. going to have some times where you're thinking, where were they? I know that I know. I, there's one thing I know and one thing I think. Okay. I know the linebacker position is better than it's been since okay. 2012. Okay? okay? It's better. I know that I know it's better. And I really think it's going to keep getting better. And there are reasons to believe it's only going to get better. Alaka settling into his new role. He's not having to be the Mike and everything else. He's over there at the weak line, side linebackers. I know I, I truly believe Dotson's just going to continue to progress. I think he's gotten better in all three games. And then he put Hines on the field, and he immediately showed why he was recruited by everyone in the country, literally 91 offers. The only teams that didn't offer him were teams that didn't want to waste their time and knew he wasn't coming. Every team that mattered offered Anthony Hines, wanted him badly, and now we see why. So there's reasons to believe it's only going to improve during the course of the year, even as competition gets better. But I know it's better than it's been. I mean, what they're putting out there right now is way better than Washington and George and Hilliard and whatever else they were rolling out. Yeah, um, I, I guess I can agree with that. I, what I don't know is how much better they are. Right. I know it's better. It, yeah, but th- that's setting the bar really low. You know, I, but, but I'm as encouraged as I've been since oh, 12. Oh, I'm, I'm with you there 100%. I mean, I think there's more talent at that position than there is in, than there was in 2012, and yeah. maybe than there has been in, in longer than that. Right. But um, it's a matter of these guys who haven't played a lot, uh, meeting Dodson, and then you were talking about the freshman, and I think Buddy Johnson's going to come in at some point and do some nice things for him too. Yeah, maybe this week. Um, but it's it's just a a matter of seeing how fast they progress. Our thanks to Olin Buchanan. We'll take a timeout and come back with Laura Rutledge of ESPN and the SEC Network. She's hosting SEC Nation from Nashville this week for Vanderbilt and Alabama. We'll talk to Laura next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Hey, I'm Lady Gaga. Recently, I was lucky enough to spend the day with a class of students and talk to them about their dreams for the future. But I realized more than ever the struggle that teachers face every day to supply their students with the right tools and the right environment to pursue their passions. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students. They're donating $2 million to DonorsChoose.org and Born This Way Foundation. Join us at StaplesForStudents.org. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter & Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter & Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter & Company can do for you. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's Razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. All you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. Ah. And we got rid of upcharges. By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for half the price of the other guys. Now we're dropping the half-price sound effects guy. Wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality for a fraction of the price. Harry's. One perfect razor. 
none of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, get an $18 shave set with an added bonus for free when you visit harrys.com and use code 1616 at checkout. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com, code 1616, for a free shave set offer. Again, it's harrys.com, code 1616. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. Listening to the Texags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network, Gabe Bach with you, and we're talking football with ESPN and SEC Network host and reporter Laura Rutledge. Laura, what a week for you. What, Atlanta to Boise to Starkville to Charlotte. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Jeez. That was, uh, yeah, that, that was an adventure. I, I don't know that I'll have any more like that that'll be that crazy, although we do have a Thursday night game in Corvallis, Oregon, Ooh. that. Uh, that one might be interesting trying to get back to the SEC from there. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a major adventure, and I was just really thankful that nothing got delayed. Like, no flights really got delayed along the way. So it actually ended up not being too bad. So I got a buddy who lives in College Station. Uh, actually, he lives in Bryan right here, and he went to Boise State. So he's a huge Boise guy, and he keeps telling me, look, you got to find a bye week where the schedules match up. You've, his buddies are, are big-time donors, and they've got a suite. So he's like, you've got to get up to the blue field. It's it's outstanding, the atmosphere with the mountains and everything else. That was your first experience on the Bluefield, wasn't it? Yes, and it, it was outstanding. I mean, I, I absolutely love every moment of it and really just the views out there and just the environment. It's, it's a real kind of hidden gem, I think, toward the west area of the country that has a lot of the features that you hear about of like Yellowstone and you know some of those areas over mm-hmm. there, but it just has its own feel to it. And I, I loved it. It was really, really neat. And the blue turf, you know, has its own personality. Um, but it was it was cool. A really cool little downtown area too. So we enjoyed it. It was a, a lot of fun to be out there. All right. So real easy trip this week. What, just two time zones you gotta worry about? Is it Tampa for USF and Temple and then SEC Network SEC Nation's gonna be at Vandy for the Vandy Alabama game, aren't you? Yeah, so basically, uh, you know, it, it's so easy this week thinking about it that way. But, yeah, we'll be uh, on Thursdays going to be doing the USF Temple game, which is pretty interesting for both of those teams, as you might yeah. expect. And obviously, Quentin Flower is a guy that, you know, people don't really talk that much about, but he's got a little bit of Lamar Jackson to him in the way that he plays. So we'll kind of be able to see him on display on on Thursday night. And then, yeah, heading to Nashville, Alabama coming to face off against the Vandy team that's now 3-0 and and has a lot of mojo going on in Nashville. I don't think there's any way, Gabe, that Alabama loses to Vandy. But I do think that what Derek Mason has done there in Nashville with this Vandy team is pretty special to get people this excited about what's going on. And that, that win over Kansas State is nothing to, you know, shake your head at. I mean, it was it, that's a difficult team to beat. Oh, yeah. They're very disciplined, very talented. <laughs> so big credit to Vandy on that. Yeah, just as A&M last year. We were both in the same building down in Houston. And A&M right. couldn't get it done. And that's right. a tough team to play. You're not used to playing that kind of offense. And Vandy – elite defensively but I'll ask you this do they have enough I know we've been encouraged by Shermer in fact their weakness has sort of been their run game which is weird because they have two good backs and one really good one in Webb but do they have enough offense to to really make a run in the SEC East in your opinion yeah at this point I don't think so um but that said the rest of the SEC East is so up in the air and so confusing I mean you just almost say well hey maybe they do get a few wins and end up sort of factoring in to the conversation in getting to Atlanta to be the East representative down the stretch. I think that eventually, though, they'll run into some better defenses. I mean, Alabama certainly be one, certainly being one of them, but also, you know, a defense like Georgia, even a Florida defense that could really do a lot to this team, you know, to, to make it difficult for them to end up uh, winning those games. But that said, I mean, what they've done so far, you almost look at Kyle Shermer and you say, you know, who is this guy? Because he really has made a change in the way that he's playing. He, his QBR is off the charts. It's been at the tops of college football and at the tops of the SEC over the last few, you know, few weeks here. So if he can continue some of that, I, I'm with you. They've got to get the run game going a little bit. It doesn't really help him that Kyle Shermer isn't as mobile as maybe he would like. The last time you probably saw this, the last time Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Vandy were three and zero was 1911. <laughs> 
And that was before Arizona or New Mexico or even states, and it predated the launch of the SEC by 22 years. Yeah, I don't know if any of these – I don't know if all of these teams are legit. I believe one of them is, though. Mississippi State is legit after what they did this weekend. I agree, and it is hilarious. Like, you think about 1911, what, what our country, what our world was like at that point. I mean, it's just hilarious to even consider. But I do think Mississippi State's legit. And here's the thing that's interesting about this Mississippi State team. A lot of these players were recruited when Mississippi State was the number one team in the country a couple years ago with Dak Prescott at the helm, and they really had that run where everybody thought maybe they're going to be a playoff contender. didn't end up working out. But those players kind of elevated the situation for Dan Mullen. Previously, he had been lucky to get a three-star player in, maybe the occasional four-star player. But this group was a little more talented. And I think that that run a couple years ago – you know, really had put them in a better spot. Last year, they fell off a little bit. Those guys maybe had expectations that, you know, they didn't have to work as hard. And this year, they they really put the time in. What was impressive to me is against, you know, talent like LSU, they were the more physical team Mississippi State was. And I think that's what you have to do. You've got to be more physical. You've got to be able to compete at the line of scrimmage. You've got to be able to battle in the trenches. And that's what Mississippi State has shown they can do. Plus, you added Nick Fitzgerald at the quarterback spot, and he may be the best quarterback in this conference game. Oh, I think he is the best quarterback. It's about to get real. For, we talk about how they're for real. It's about to get real. Because here's where we're going to learn whether this is a, a fun little story or whether they're really going to be a challenger in the SEC West to Mighty Bama, and maybe the number one challenger, is Georgia this weekend. We're going to learn a lot. Maybe it will tell us what who the second-best team in the league is by the end of Saturday. But then after that, they've got to go validate. So you got to validate the big win over LSU by going to Georgia, who's even better. And then you got to go from Georgia to Auburn. How about that stretch? LSU, Georgia, Auburn in September before the bye week. Yeah, I mean, if they can win one of these next two games, Georgia or Auburn, I think they're in a really good spot going forward. Now, obviously, from the West conversation, you would like it to be maybe Auburn, but either way, I think you're right. I think this game is between Mississippi State and Georgia is a battle for who's the number two team in the conference right now. And, you know, it's it's just begging to be grabbed by somebody, right? Like, we, we need somebody to step up and show that they're legit. And I do think that if we're talking about a Mississippi State team that ends up beating both Georgia and Auburn, they are legitimately not only just a threat to Alabama, but a threat to other teams nationally because they could be a playoff team. And they've got some pieces, right? Like, they, they have the quarterback spot short up. They've got the physicality that we talked about. Their defense has looked very good. And Todd Grantham right now looks to be the best assistant coach in the country. Thanks to Laura Rutledge. We'll take a timeout. And Jimmy Wright, former Bryant-era quarterback in the mid-50s at A&M. Longtime coach. He steps in studio. And we talk about the growth of freshman Kellen Mond and more when we come back on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Texags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network, Gabe Bach with you. And let's talk about Kellen Mond, freshman quarterback, making his second start last week against Louisiana Lafayette, threw for 300 yards. About his prospects heading into Arlington on Saturday for the SEC opener against the Razorbacks. It's about to get real. And we're joined in studio right now for a quick hitter with longtime former quarterback and former coach Jimmy Wright joining us in studio. How would you analyze Kellen Mond as a former okay. quarterback and quarterback's coach? That. How would you analyze his growth over the last three weeks and what you saw Saturday? Okay, I'm just going to give you the facts. Improved. Okay. Yep. He's improved. Mm-hmm. He's, he's now uh, not so nervous. He's now not so uptight. He's understanding that this ain't high school football. Yes. He's understanding that the, every team you play has got some good football players, whether they're a D-line or a cornerback or a running back. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette's got a few good players. So does Nickel State. UCLA does. All right. Against UCLA, scared to death, 17.64 passing. Never got his feet ready. Never, 
He didn't know what, what was going on in the secondary. He'd just drop back and look at one guy and just sling it, see. Okay, 17%. He settled down against Nickel State. He knew that he had Jake as a backup, as an X factor. Jake is our X factor. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's your reliever. And, and he went 42 or 46%. I forget which one I totaled up, but it's in the 40s. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be as high as 46. All right. Now the third game, real improvement of managing the team, calling your audibles, pre-read prior to the snap of the ball, and then then reading the coverage, 79% in passing, individually. Now, that's a big improvement. I don't care if you're throwing against air. The the best one I've seen at A&M in a long time was Jake Kubinak, 80%. 12 of 15, see. Right, in the Nichols game. In the Nichols game. Right. So I definitely think he's improved. Now, the competition is going to be stiffer. The stakes are going to be higher. Oh, yeah. The atmosphere is going to be electrifying. The players are going to be quicker, faster, stronger. Now we're going to get a good test on a lot of our young players. Now, I definitely think the team has improved. From the UCLA game, the biggest thing I'm disappointed in is that we do not run the ball and we can run it. That's what I'm – I know – and I'm and also in the secondary, I'm a little bit disappointed and a few of the players not really making the play whenever they should make it or can make it. In other words, A&M's had ten turnovers forced defensively, but you've seen six or seven balls hit the hands and fall out. So you're I've saying seen, when you're there to make a play, yes, you got to haul it. I've out. seen that, and if if the count is not higher, they're already second in the country in turnovers forced, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But we've seen so many other opportunities. What I what whenever whenever a player is growing up, and you learn really fast against those icon coaches, those legendary coaches, because their expectation are immediately, in other words, Gabe Bach, I expect you to play good. Mm-hmm. Not just one play. I expect you to play every play, every possession, every quarter, and give your all, and don't worry about another thing except that game. See? Then you can go get on your cell phone and text message and all that stuff, you know. But see, AM has got to learn those those four Fs and they gotta stick with them. Fast start, first downs, find a way to make plays, and finish the game. The way this thing works with quarterbacks, <clears throat> if you have certain skills that you can do in high school, that that you, in high school they put their best athlete at quarterback, whether he's a quarterback or not, whether he's a passer or not. But he's the guy that can handle the ball and they can make runs and do things. Uh, Rashad Paul is a really good athlete. He's gonna, guy. He's really, going to be yeah. a very good slot back. Yes. Now, he's not a accomplished passer. In college and pros, the higher you go, intelligence – and don't get me wrong, Rashad Paul is intelligent. Right. But – his skill as a passer and his height does not warrant him to be at that position. Take Greg Ward at U of H, a very good runner, but not a passer. Mm-hmm. They're going to move into slot back. Take, uh, but that he can mid- get away with that in the American. You can't get away with just being a runner in the SEC. Yes, that's yeah. right. Of course, he did beat Florida State. So but what, what I mean do I know? is, when Greg Ward goes to the next level, yeah, yeah, he's course. a slot back. Yeah. Same way with that Miller kid from Ohio State that was mm-hmm. a quarterback. Braxton. He's mm-hmm. a uh, he's a slot back. At Houston. Uh, uh, and in the same, it's going to be the same way with any quarterback. Lamar Jackson, it, it will be probably about forty percent that he'll get a chance to be a quarterback in the NFL. They'll move him to slot back. See. Yeah, and he's a little bit different because he's an accomplished passer in college. He yeah. lo- looks a lot better this year. That's he right. looks like he can throw the football. He he, he, he and Jalen Hurts have really improved yeah. as far as releasing the ball and throwing the football. Yeah, it looks a lot prettier, more accurate. But that's how they usually do it is if the guy is not a pocket passer uh, or has that built of 6'2 or 6'3 or if he's not a great runner. Now, now uh, 
Rochette Paul was a really good runner in class. I believe it was 3A there at Bremont. But but he is going to be a very good slot back. I think what you were going to ask me is why don't they put him at quarterback, right? I think that's what our, an emergency situation, or let's yeah. say Jake's still hurt and Starkle's out for a while, and then all of a sudden if you needed a quarterback, you're going to roll with Blumrick and break his shirt, you're going to roll with a red shirt, are you going to play like a Christian Kirk or a Paul? It wouldn't be out of the realm possibility for them to play a Wildcat package. Yes. And in that type of package. He would be good. He'd be good at it. See, right. It, but but as he, an every-down QB, that's not what he is. But, see, I want everybody to know that that Connor Brunrick is a very good athlete. Yes. Not only is he an athlete, he can run and he can throw the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm telling you now, folks, he is a bona fide prospected quarterback. Now. They like him a lot. I do. Yeah. I like yeah. him a lot. Oh, yeah, he can sling it. Yeah. He's got an incredible arm. And he's fast as Mond, every yeah. bit as fast. Yes. People you talk to think he might be faster. The guy I, can move. I, he can move now. Thank you, Jimmy. We'll take a timeout and we'll run down the SEC schedule and a quick pick of the games that matter in the league against the spread when we come back to close the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Water. Hey, it's me, Water. Ah, look, about what happened in your apartment with a broken pipe. Um, I just wanted to apologize for ruining all your stuff, and I hope this can all just be some me under the bridge someday. Oh, and also, I'm not paying for anything. Okay, bye. Water never pays for water damage. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Hey, it's Larry. Thanks for calling, but I'm buried in books at the library right now trying to figure out what all these hidden fees are on my mobile bill. State fees, federal fees, administrative fees, NTS surcharge? What the heck is an NTS surcharge? If you know, could you please leave a message? Well, do I need a switch? Getting buried in hidden fees? Switch to Boost Mobile where your taxes and fees are now included on all plans. Plus, get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE per line for just $50. All on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. With Metro PCS, you'll spend $5 more and only get two gigs. Sorry, Metro PCS. Switch happens. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 11 17 Primary line is $50 with second line $0 per month. The total sales price includes the charge for services, taxes, and fees. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited talk, text, and data. Once high-speed data, alarm and read. Speeds reduced to 2G speeds until next line cycle. Comparison based on Metro PCS's two lines for $55 per month. Two gigabyte plan as of 821.17. For additional details, visit their website. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, 
and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Final segment of the Texags Maroon and White Report CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you. And let's pick the games in the SEC that matter this week. We'll do it against the spread. We'll make them quick. Rifle through it, and we'll close with A&M and Arkansas. Number one, Alabama to kick it off here at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is 3-0. and Vanderbilt has the look of a potential challenger in the SEC East as other teams have fallen by the wayside and have even more concerns than Vandy does. Vandy's hosting Bama, 230 CBS Nationals there. Brad Nestler on the call. This is a big game. SEC Nation's going to be there with Laura Rutledge, Feinbaum, Tebow, Spears, and company. And the Crimson Tide favored on the road by 18 and a half. I tell you what, I'm going Vandy in the points. Alabama win the game. But I'm going Vanderbilt in the points with that defense. Bama's still got a lot to prove. They're a little bit shaky in some areas, and I'm still wondering what they're going to do against a good defense. Uh, on that, uh, and they're going to face a good defense this week with that passing game, the vertical passing game. Hertz has looked really good so far, but they're going to get their biggest test since Florida State, obviously. The biggest test in several weeks and that developmental offense there with, with Jalen Hurts. He's very good, but uh, how good are they going to be throwing the ball through the air against the teeth of Vanderbilt's defense, and can they run a lot? I think they should be able to. It's strength on strength there. A good defense and a good running game. I can't wait for this game. I'm excited about it. I'll take Vanderbilt in the points, but Bama win by eh, 11. 12, 14 points, something like that. How about this game? Number 17, Mississippi State at number 11, Georgia. 6 o'clock Central Time on ESPN and the Bulldogs, that would be the Georgia Bulldogs, favored by 5.5, and and I'm going to think Georgia covers this game. They're at home. They've got a great defense. Mississippi State has been rolling right now, and they're the darling in the SEC, and it's a battle for who's going to be the second-best team and then Number one challenger to Bama, Mississippi State looks really good, but I think Georgia at home with that elite defense. And here's the thing. Look at Notre Dame. They're running for about 500 yards a game. They ran for under 100, like 60 yards or less against Georgia. I think Georgia's defense will stymie Aries Williams, will stymie and will not completely shut down, but will limit what Nick Fitzgerald can do with his legs and when he doesn't have a run game. He starts playing from behind, and he's got to pass it. I think he's a good passer, not an elite passer, although I think he's the best quarterback in the league, everything considered. But he doesn't have great talent outside to work with on the outside at wide receiver. So I believe Georgia's going to get a lead. It's going to force Fitzgerald to beat a great defense, okay? Not a good, a great defense with his arm. Can he do that? I believe it's a close game. Georgia wins by about seven. I think they cover. Number 15, Auburn at Missouri, 630 on ESPNU. You know, that previous game was Bulldogs versus Bulldogs. Now we got Tigers versus Tigers. The Auburn Tigers favored by 19. I went back and forth on this because Mizzou's got a, a good offense when it's clicking, but the last week, couple weeks it hasn't been clicking. Missouri get, uh, scored, they gave up 35, which doesn't surprise you, to Purdue. But they scored three points against Purdue. So because of that, Auburn racked up about 500 yards of offense against Mercer last week, and but they turned it over five times. If they didn't, if they hadn't done that, they should have scored in the 40s easily against that team. Uh, Stidham was 32 of 37, something like that, and threw the ball really well over 360 passing yards. You're getting on Johnson back along with Petway, who's running the ball well. Auburn covers this. Auburn by at least three touchdowns. Number 20, Florida at Kentucky, 630 on the SEC Network. The Gators favored by three points. I believe this is a tight game. Kentucky hasn't beaten Florida in 30 years. Will it happen this year? Maybe as good a chance it happens this year as any, but this is still the Kentucky team who was leading Eastern Kentucky by three points in the fourth quarter two weeks ago. Debo Samuel gets hurt last week, and Kentucky goes on the road and beats South Carolina. Now they're the darling again. Florida's got a ton of issues. A bunch of their key players still suspended. Callaway may not play the whole year. Jordan Scarlett still suspended. And I think, though, Florida still goes on the road, and history repeats itself, and the Gators do cover 
the low spread and win by about a touchdown. But this is going to be an entertaining game. And that leads us into A&M's game. Texas A&M versus Arkansas. It's Jerry World again. 11 o'clock on ESPN. The Aggies favored by two and a half. Uh, my players to watch on offense is Kellen Mond, the quarterback. How good does he do? Do they get him running some of that zone read stuff to take the pressure off the backs? I'd like to see two back sets. It worked really well last week with A&M. A&M's got four very talented running backs and a quarterback who's been asked to not run much these last two weeks. But he's got that ability to do it, to read the end, to – uh, work on that zone read game as well. And I'm excited to see how he is as a runner, take some pressure off of those backs and get rolling in the run game. And also now he's proven that you at least have to respect his vertical passing game. So Kellen Mond's a huge player to watch. If he plays well, A&M should roll in this game. Defensively, it's Tyrell Dotson because the Aggies have had three straight games allowing its opponent under 100 rushing yards. The previous 26 games of the John Chavis era, they've done that three times total. Well, now make it six. Three straight games, under 100 yards rushing for its opponent. Can it happen this week? I say no, but how about under 150? That needs to happen. My over-under on rushing yards allowed to Arkansas is 150. If A&M's defense does that, I think they roll. Dotson's a huge part of that. Tyrell Dotson's playing great. He's playing as good as any linebacker in the league through the first three games of the season, and if he keeps that going at the Mike linebacker position – Allows Alaka to play free where he is at the will linebacker spot. You continue to bring on and get something out of Anthony Hines. Buddy Johnson can play that Sam linebacker position too. And a and may have to play three linebackers in this game against a run-oriented, power-type pro-set football team. But Dotson's the key, so he's my player to watch. Keys to the game is just run the football. You get 200 yards on the ground and stop the run and hold Arkansas under 150, that's a big key to A&M winning this game. A&M's more talented, but when you're so young, 16 red shirts broken so far, playing about 25 or so freshmen, half of those starting right now. Uh, when you're playing all these young players, you are going to be inconsistent. So which football team shows up? First half UCLA or fourth quarter UCLA? First quarter and fourth quarter Nichols or second and third quarter Nichols? You know, first half Louisiana Lafayette or second half Louisiana Lafayette? Who the heck knows? You're looking for the good A&M to show up and the Aggies could roll. I think it's somewhere in the middle because of a young team. I'm going to go 24-20 A&M. The Aggies win another classic. Bielema, as he's admitted before, is going to want to punch Sumlin because he stole another win from him. It's happened over there now. At Bielema, 13-14, 15-16. He's 0-4 against A&M, the last three being at Jerry World there at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. So the Aggies win it. It'll be a tight one, but A&M will improve to 3-1 on the season, 1-0 out of the gate in SEC play. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Big thanks to Laura Rutledge, to Jimmy Wright and Owen Buchanan. And you for tuning in to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report. We'll talk to you next week here on the CRM Sports Network.